Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody. This is Jeremy Evans with the Believe in Sports Law podcast. And today we also have a special guest, Heather Carrots, who is a, a personal friend and somebody I've looked up to for years. She is currently the president of the XFL franchise here in Los Angeles. She previously was the vice president and general counsel of LAFC, the Los Angeles Football Club. I've known Heather for a few years through the Sports Lawyers Association. She is a terrific person and uh, somebody who's definitely a mover and shaker in Los Angeles and the sports industry in general. And uh, she's going to give us 15 minutes of her time today for the 15 minutes of fame session for episode seven uh, of this Believe in Sports Law podcast. So today is uh, Monday, August 19th. And uh, so before I turn it over to Heather, I've given her a little bit of a background, but I'm going to ask her to talk about sort of how she's gotten to where she is today. And uh, then we'll get into a couple questions with her. So Heather, without further ado, welcome to the show. And uh, thanks for being here today. Jeremy, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. And I'm so impressed with your podcast and what you're doing and excited to be a part of it. I'll start out of the gates by saying my background is not conventional um, of what you'd think for most people who end up in a team president role. And I've just been a huge proponent of networking and sort of exploring different opportunities and taking one step in the right direction, not knowing exactly where the final endpoint will be. So I started uh, my first job in sports was I graduated early from high school and worked at what was the MCI Center, now Capital One Arena in D.C., when Michael Jordan was playing for the Wizards. (laughs) So not to age myself a little bit, but it was my first exposure into sports, and I just was hooked. I was an athlete, but I had never seen the business side, and I started just as an intern for the arena, doing all kinds of tasks for corporate partnership and sales, and I was hooked. From there, um, I went to college with the mindset of I was going to go to law school and use that as an avenue to get into sports. So I went to Vanderbilt for undergrad, and then I went to Fordham Law in New York. And while I was at Fordham Law, I was fortunate enough to get a law clerk role at the NFL in the Management Council. The Management Council is a group, for those who are unfamiliar, um, it's a group within the league that manages labor relations between the teams and the leagues. So it's pretty much overseeing the collective bargaining agreement and making sure that everyone's in compliance and it's being interpreted the right way. From there, I actually decided to transfer law schools and transfer it out to UCLA. They had a sports and entertainment certification, so I was really able to tailor my classes towards what I was interested in. But um, as most have probably heard, when you graduate from law school, it's really hard to get a job directly in sports. And a lot of uh, the organizations from leagues and teams had advised me to go to a law firm and be a labor and employment lawyer. And then from there, try to break into sports. So I got a job with Hunton and Williams uh, in the L.A. office doing labor and employment litigation. And I was there for about a year and had a great experience. I loved working for the partners and the clients that I had there, but ultimately knew that I didn't wanna be at a law firm forever. Then for personal reasons, um, I quit. (laughs) And I moved to New York uh, without a job. Uh, My now husband was working there and we wanted to be in the same city. 
And at the time, the economy was in a bad state. So law firms were cutting jobs. So I couldn't move to the New York office and transfer. So I quit cold turkey. Looking back, it worked out. But at the time, it was definitely a risky move. And it was the first time in my life that I woke up in the morning with a fresh slate thinking, what am I going to do today? And what do I want to do with my life? And how do I want my career to develop? And it's kind of scary that I hadn't thought about that until I was in my mid 20s and had finished like this course and roadmap that had been set out for me. Um, But I was fortunate that I had, you know, some time to think about it, and I took advantage of it. And You know, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I came across an idea that turned into a business that I launched called Sports Girl, which was a digital property. It was when blogging was just starting, but the idea was to create a sports news outlet for the casual fan. So I launched Sports Girl. It was actually pretty successful. Uh, But while I was doing that, I wasn't quite ready to jump out of being a lawyer and being an executive in sports. So I was still networking to find opportunities in New York. And I got a call from the NHL and they said, we're looking to bring in another lawyer in-house. You know, our CBA is expiring. We're not sure what's going to happen. And we need some help to help get us through it. So I jumped at the opportunity. I was super excited to be there. And there was ultimately a work stoppage. And I was at the league through the work stoppage and the new collective bargaining agreement. Great experience. Got exposed to... um, the inner workings of how labor negotiations work at the league level, which is fascinating. And I knew I wasn't going to stay there forever. So after about a year when the CB, the new CBA was coming together, uh, my husband and I decided to move back to LA. And that's where I sourced a role with a new startup sports agency called Relativity Sports. And this was a sports agency that was a sister company to Relativity Media, which was a large studio at the time. And the idea was uh, that athletes wanted to be closer to entertainment in Hollywood. And one of the founders, a guy named Happy Walters, represented Amari Stoudemire, who was the prime candidate to be closer to Hollywood. He wanted to be a producer. He wanted to be in front of the camera. And we were able to provide him with a lot of those opportunities to prove this model out. So we launched Relativity Sports. Uh, We became the third largest agency in the country through acquisition. We had over 300 athletes across the NBA, NFL, and MLB. We also did a lot of sports productions. We did documentaries for clients of ours like David Ortiz and Mariano Rivera and Dwight Howard. Um, I also got to serve as an agent. I was Hope Solo's agent while I was there and got my hands dirty in a lot of different uh, components of the business development at the agency. Uh, To make a long story short, the Relativity Media filed for bankruptcy and Relativity Sports was a separate entity that uh, was financially in a good state. But because of the bankruptcy at the media side, um, it caused a restructuring on the sports level. So I helped oversee that bankruptcy process and then decided to leave. Um, At the time, I was pregnant with twins and wanted to focus on that, needed to focus on that, and was able to uh, spend some time at home with them. Uh, I always wanted to go back to work. So as soon as I could, I started searching for the right role because I wasn't going to leave the kids if it wasn't for the right fit. And after some lots of meetings and lots of due diligence, I got connected with uh, Peter Guber's companies. And he has a several sports ventures, uh, but that's how I got connected to LAFC. 
And LAFC had yet to hire a general counsel. Um, we were building a $370 million stadium in the heart of Los Angeles, a $30 million training facility, and starting an expansion team from scratch. So there was a lot to do in a short amount of time. And I was able to craft a role where I came in as general counsel, but also as an EVP to help with corporate development and business strategy. And I spent about two years there. Um, started when we put shovels in the ground for the stadium. And then uh, after two years, we built something really, really great. And I wasn't looking to leave, but I also knew that there weren't as many hurdles on the horizon at LAFC. And I was looking for a new challenge. So I got a call from a recruiter about the XFL. And the more meetings I took about it, the more excited I got. And that's how I'm here now. I love it. That's awesome, Heather. Um, it's so funny. Like I thought that you and I were pretty good friends and you're going through all this stuff and I'm like, wait, I didn't know she did that. Um, but that's so <laughs> awesome though. Like from the NHL to not in terms of order, but you know, NHL, NFL, MLS, XFL, you know, you had the relatively uh, relativity sports aspect, the sports girl. I mean, it, it's so cool to see that and your ability to, um, to jump around for the right opportunity. And I think that's such a, a good thing uh, for other people to emulate. You know, they want to talk about how do you break into sports and it's like, well, you got to be flexible. You know, just from your background, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, and by the way, you had twins, you know, so, <laughs> you know, but that's so awesome though. Um, so I appreciate you saying that. I think it, I think it is really important to not like necessarily be so focused on the end goal because I've never said that 10 years down the line, I want to be the president of a sports team. Um, that was one of the things that would be amazing. But there were a lot of different things that I was interested in. And I always looked at it as, let me just keep taking steps in the right direction where I'm going to gain a set of experiences that are unique and that are going to make me stronger as a sports executive. Right. No, that's it's so awesome. Um, so one, one question I had was... Uh, what are some of the things that you're doing now at the XFL and maybe compare that to some of the things that you were doing at LAFC? You talked a little bit about it. I mean, obviously the stadium was such a huge issue there and getting that privately financed, which I think was fantastic. And, um, and something I think California has really taken a lead on, but uh, maybe talk about some of the things you did uh, at LAFC and then sort of how, how that differs in your role now with the XFL uh, LA franchise. Sure. Um, I mean, it's different that we're a tenant at Dignity Health Sports Park in the XFL versus owning and building a stadium at LAFC. Uh, LAFC had a lot of different business ventures outside of the team, right? We had to do concerts and events. We had restaurants. Um, there were different revenue streams that made it more diversified than what we have at the XFL. Uh but the big difference for me personally is while I had my hands in everything that was happening at the LAFC side across all the different businesses, now I'm responsible. It's a, it's a smaller set of revenue streams, but I'm responsible for all these different sectors. So I work in PR and communications and in marketing and in ticket sales and in partnerships and in general operations. So um, it just is a different perspective of how I look at each of these problems or situations or challenges or positives towards our team's development. I have a different lens. And at, at, at LAFC, I was always providing advice towards how do we solve that issue, but it wasn't necessarily the problem that I had ownership over. 
And now it's, I've developed a brand and a mission and a perspective that I think is really important for the XFL Los Angeles to be, to be uh, successful. And that's always at the forefront of my mind across all of these different sectors that we're working in now. So um, it's really important that I drive my entire team to look at it through the same lens and make decisions in their day-to-day the same way. Very cool. So in some sense, it's like, and I think I've seen a lot of this happen. Um, I'd love to hear your comments on this. Is like you see as lawyers get into sports, uh, there's more of a push towards the business side or a more, I guess, uh, expansive role where instead of you're just, hey, let me draft this contract or this provision or negotiate this deal, you know, like you mentioned, you're sort of expanding, you know, to every aspect of the company. Um, that seems, so it seems really cool, but it also seems um, like an interesting transition too. Yeah, it's definitely a transition, one that I always wanted to make. So this is exciting for me. I mean, I, as you can tell through my background, I really love startup mode. I love entrepreneurial projects and having a blank slate. And this is one opportunity where I'm able to put more of my personal flavor um, towards what who we are and what we stand for because I'm in a different role than I was at LAFC. Right. No, for sure. I'm thinking back to when we did that event together uh, at LAFC. Uh, it was so funny because you and I are both very similar that way with entrepreneurial stuff and getting things going. And I remember when we were doing like the planning and it was so hilarious because we were both so excited, but it was so raw too. And it was like, 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 Hey, how do we build this and what do we do? And it ended up being a fantastic, uh, you know, program we put on. But, um, so I guess maybe getting into, uh, two of the last questions and then, so the second to last question is going to be with regard to sort of the differences that you see between, you know, the XFL and its, in its past iteration, the Alliance, um, NFL Europe, and sort of how you see the XFL being different. Um, and then I guess the last question would be maybe some tips or advice you might have for some folks who are um, coming up in the ranks in sports and uh, how you might advise them to, to become a success. And I got to tell you, even before you start answering the, the first question, I'm already thinking to myself, well, the difference between the old XFL and the new one is that they didn't have Heather. So <laughs> they didn't have your background. <laughs> and now I look at it and I go, Hey, well, everything is about people. And if they've got good people in there. Um, but anyway, so uh, I'll leave it at that and, and uh, turn it over to you for, uh, for those last two questions. Well, it's very kind of you, but part of the reason I signed up for this is the people that are here, right? Um, Vince McMahon is an incredibly impressive and successful leader. And Oliver Luck and Jeffrey Pollack are amazing to work with, and I believe in their vision. So people, you're totally right. It's all about people and culture. And we have that here. So I think um, one of the big differences is that this time around, we're really focused on the 38 million avid football fans out there that want more football. And that's our core fan base. So Vince McMahon started this process by hiring Oliver Luck, an expert in football, to make sure that the football product that we put on the field come February is as good as it can be and resonates with those avid fans. That's the first thing that's different because the first time around, it was a little bit more gimmicky. We are really focused on the football. The second thing is it's 20 years later uh, from the original XFL, and we forget that our culture is a little bit different than it was then. So 
From player safety, we have much more heightened focus on that. So the football is taking that piece of it. It's, it's a really important component of making the football product better uh, for our audience. And then the other side of it is that we want the fan demographic. We recognize it to be broader than it was 20 years ago. So the game day experience has to be good for not only the avid fan, but also the casual fan, the family, youth, etc. all groups. So I spend a lot of my time focusing on what does game day look like? How do I make it appeal to everybody? And, and that's, I think, a big difference, whereas first time around there were scantily clad cheerleaders and a little bit more of an entertainment component. And this time we really want to focus on great football and making sure that the game day product resonates with everyone. In LA in particular, we are really focused on how do we stand out and be different from you know, the multiple other professional teams that are here and all the different entertainment options. And we all recognize it's it's a cluttered marketplace, but what we're providing is different. So we're providing football in the spring uh, where there's a void, where after Super Bowl, people are looking for more football and now they can get it with us. It's a 10 week season with two weeks of playoffs. The price tag is also going to be super affordable. So I think it'll appeal to everyone in the Los Angeles market where everyone will be able to go to a game and have a great have a great time. And then the third piece is access. So we want to get our fans closer to the action than they've been able to get in all the other sports. When you think about it, we don't have a union. We don't have a collective bargaining agreement. So there aren't a lot of these preconceived norms that other sports leagues that have been around much longer have already established. We get to start with a blank slate, which means that we can think outside the box and be different. um, And we aren't constrained in the same way. So you'll see a lot more content. You'll get closer to the players, closer to the action. Very cool. Um, no, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's like, I, I, that's so cool because I've, I've written on this topic and you, I think you nailed all the, um, all the sort of key components to what makes the XFL so exciting. Uh, one, like you mentioned, the spring schedule. Um, two was the, uh, the product, both in terms of the talent on the field, but also what the perception is. Um, you know, in terms of how it's viewed by the public and making it, you know, family friendly, that sort of thing. You also mentioned the affordability of it. You know, going to an NFL game can get expensive. I mean, shoot, going to any game uh, can be expensive. And it's so funny because like sometimes the NFL, they refer to it like as the no fun league. <laughs> so it's like, I think in some sense, the XFL, uh, it gets to have fun. But, um, you know, of course, some of the constraints with the NFL have to do with the union and some of the other things that I think you guys have, you know, get to sort of play in that entrepreneurial space um, where maybe the NFL has to be a little bit more rigid. So, and until you guys can grow that. Yeah. And this is it's supposed to be fun. I mean, we, our lives are consumed with a lot of things that make it complicated and stressful. And on our weekends, when we can enjoy a football product and a game day experience, we want it to be fun. And that's the objective here. And make it make it be somewhere that it's really a community and escape where football is a springboard for more. And, you know, I recognize the fact that we have a nine month off season. So when I think about building our brand, it's really important that we have tentacles into the community and that we're doing more outside of game day, because that's how we're going to stay relevant from a business perspective. But that's also how we're going to make our brand stand for more. Right. No, that's cool. Um and then I'm thinking, so the, uh, 
one sort of follow-up question I had to that was I know that the Alliance had this sort of idea before um, you know they closed down. I think the idea wasn't, I think even particular with the Pacific Pro Football League um, through uh, Tom Brady's agent, Don Yee, and his group, they sort of had this idea that those leagues would become like minor league feeder systems. It seems to me, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me the XFL is different in that sense as well. Like they're not trying to be uh, this minor league feeder system. They're trying to be a different product entirely. Do you kind of see that as the same way too? Yeah, we've been, um, we're very open about this point. We are, we are not a feeder system. We're just, we're a complement to the NFL. We're a unique product that'll stand on its own. And then last question, Heather, and I know you're busy, uh, you're a busy woman. You got to get going and, and, and I got things to do too, but, uh, uh, last question, maybe a quick tip or advice to some of the the younger folks out there, folks trying to break into uh, break into this space. I think it's really about networking. I started off this interview talking about that, but you want to expand your web as much as possible and stay in touch with folks in sports that you can get a hold of because you just never know when that opportunity is going to pop up. There aren't that many of them. And you want to be front of mind for the individuals that control who fills that spot. Because if, if you're in regular contact with them, they will think of you when the job opportunity pops up and make sure that you're looped in as a candidate. Okay. Well, thanks, Heather. Um, that's all we've got for today. Um, so this is Heather, uh, Heather Carrots, who is the XFL president for the Los Angeles franchise here. It's been a pleasure. And uh, again, this was episode seven of the Believe in Sports Law podcast, and we'll look forward to being back uh, next week. Thank you and have a great week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.